Welcome to God's Love Revealed Podcast. I'm Ellie Caswell, along with Jeff Williamson, and I want to share with you how I went from self-punishment with no true identity to a mutual knowing in Christ and finding an eternal identity in Him. Jeff is a licensed professional counselor with a master's in marriage, family, and child therapy from Fuller Theological Seminary. He's been in practice for over 20 years and specializes in intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy. God has taught him profound spiritual dynamics which have led believers to a true freedom. It's our hope to reveal the truth and life of God's love manifested through Jesus. Psychological, emotional, and spiritual freedom is possible through the true knowing of Christ. In the last podcast, we set out to give a proper understanding of anger. And in this podcast, we want to take a look at forgiveness. And the hope of this podcast is to get a proper understanding of forgiveness. In my opinion, like the subject of anger, there's a lot of confusion about forgiveness. So if you could read, Ellie, uh, Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 21, read the uh, parable of the unforgiving servant. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold, with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him saying, Pay what you owe. So this fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what he had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Now, the first thing I want to point out in this parable is, do you notice that Jesus is not putting the emphasis on the person who was mistreated? In other words, the emphasis of this parable is not this guy comes, puts his hand on his neck, and then Jesus is saying to the person in the parable who has the, who's receiving that uh, treatment, you know, forgive the person who's putting his hand on your neck. That's not the emphasis of the parable. Why am I stressing that? Because so many times in the church, the emphasis of you need to forgive this person is put on the victim. The person who is being victimized, that is not the point of the parable of, you know, Jesus saying the point is, you know, this guy comes up, he exacts payment from 
this person, puts his hand on the neck, you know, the person who's being victimized, you need to forgive this person. That's not the point of the parable. The point of the parable is the person with the power differential. The person with the power is not being forgiving. He was forgiven by the master. The master has the power there. The master, you know, the the servant is indebted to him. The master forgives him the debt. The guy turns around. The point of the parable is the guy turns around. He has the power differential now, and he is not forgiving towards the person who is indebted to him. That's the point of the parable. So many times in the church and so many times in psychology, I'm going to play this out this way. You have this dominant kind of husband. He's got the power differential. He's playing these games. He's kind of got his wife by the neck. And then what the church does and a lot of psychology does is say to the wife, you know, you need to be forgiving of him. You need to be understanding. That's not the point of the parable. The the forgiving heart is supposed to be the one who's got the power differential. And in my opinion, so many times in the field of psychology and so many times in the church, we're confronting the wrong person. You know, Jesus is confronting the right person here. He is confronting the one with the power differential. Okay, and we use this, you know, you got to forgive them. That's a problem because you're putting an extra burden on the person who is being victimized. You know, Jesus doesn't go to the woman caught in adultery and say, hey, they're about to stone you, you know, just make sure you forgive them. That's not the point. He's saying you need to forgive her, ye without sin, ye without sin, cast the first stone. You have no right to be punitive. So the emphasis of the forgiveness is on the person who has the power. God has the power with us. He has the power differential. He is forgiving to us in our debts. The point is, what right do you have, if you have the power differential, to be un- unforgiving or exacting? Reconciliation, be at peace with one another wherever possible, is a different issue. If, let's say, the husband, okay, the master, says, you know what, wife, I've really had you by the neck. I've really been a tyrant. This is not okay. Uh, Jesus is my master and he doesn't grab me by the neck. I really owe you an apology. I don't want to do this anymore. Then yes, okay, let, uh, let, uh, that's great. You know, let's see what we can work out. Let's see what we can do if he's going to meaningfully repent from his heart. To clarify, what would the husband be forgiving of to the wife? Because you're saying it's his. It would be him who needs to be forgiving first, right? Is that what you're saying? Right. So that's a great question. Whatever he feels she's doing, let's say, to let him down or, you know, whatever, um, to, you know, whatever his feeling is, whether it's rational, not rational, okay, he doesn't have a right, let's say he feels that she's, I don't know, not paying enough attention to him, you know, whatever, okay, so he's angry. Okay, so he carries on and he has this fit and he goes on and on, you know, you need to be more this wife, you need to be more that, you know, and he just has these fits and tantrums in his anger, which 
goes back to the podcast we just did, that in your anger do not sin. He's basically punishing her. Okay, so he's got this unforgiving presence and then justifies being kind of a tyrant towards her until she gets her crap together. So in that sense of the word, forgiveness would look like not being a tyrant. That's really what Jesus is saying. You know, hey, can I talk to you? I feel like you're more interested in the kids than you are me. It's embarrassing to talk about, but can we talk about this? Like, Yeah, instead of he's taking the initiative to go to her mm-hmm. about why he's hurt or feels misunderstood instead of just using it as a reason to react to the way that she's treating him. That's right. And the thing, and you're asking a really good question because it's really the heart of what I'm trying to say with this dynamic, if you're immediately going to come up and you're going to kind of with intimidation, quote, grab them by the neck, and you're going to put somebody in the corner, you're already showing an unforgiving presence. You're already, you know, God doesn't do that to us. He doesn't like, you know, walk up to you, put you in the corner and say, let's talk about this subject. That's not what he does. He walks up and says, hey, Jeff, you know, you know, uh, can we discuss some things? There, There's things here that... You might not be aware of. You might be aware of. We need to talk about it that are hurting me. Okay. So he's approaching me with grace. He's approaching me with forgiveness. Now, his expectation is that I would, you know, meaningfully respond, not just get defensive and argumentative with him. Right. And I would say, oh, wow, you know, I didn't realize I was doing that. Or maybe I have against this against you. So the person with the power differential is approaching with grace and forgiveness. Okay. Now, I'm going to take Jesus as an example towards me. So Jesus says, you know, okay, Jeff, thank you for this talk. And I say, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. And that's not okay that I did this or that. And I see how I'm hurting you. Okay. And then the next day, what do I do? The same thing. All right. Now, what Jesus is saying, you know, they're, they're, what the disciples are get, getting at is, well, when, when can we pick up the stone? When is it okay to pick up the stone? That's really the heart of this question. You know, when, when can I say, okay, you know, and Jesus says never. When he says 70 times 7, he's basically saying never. So, Jesus, the next day, I do the same thing. So, I'm the, quote, wife in that position, right? And Jesus goes, all right, we had this talk yesterday. I've had enough. This proves you don't love me. da, 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 da. He's coming at me in this very unforgiving way. Now, let, I, I want to make a distinction. I know I'm giving a lot of info, but hopefully we, we can talk this through. The next day, he's more angry. That's different than being unforgiving. So he says, Jeff, you, 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 you did the very thing today. That's okay. You know, he should be angry. Um, but he's not coming at me like, you know, all right, that's it, you know. He's not using it as an excuse for him to... React a certain way. And put me in a corner. So then I say to him, Lord, I'm truly, truly sorry. I beat my chest. I say, I know. Please be patient with me. I'm really working on this, my Lord. Please. I'm truly repenting. He says, son, I know. He holds me. He says, it's okay, but please, you know, he could even say, this is making me angry. This really hurts. You see the distinction I'm pointing out. Now, let's say the next day he comes to me. He says, Jeff, we talked about this yesterday. You just did this again. I say, you know what? You just back off, Jesus. Okay. That's a different picture because now I'm basically, I'm not 
repenting. I'm saying, you know what, you know, I don't want to hear this anymore, da, 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 da. Well, okay, at that point now, I've made my own decision. You know, I'm getting defensive. And I'm not getting defensive because he was inappropriate with me. I'm getting um, defensive just because I don't want to talk about it. Well, there now, you know, he could get more forceful with me. He could get more firm because I'm kind of blowing him off. The emphasis of the forgiveness passage is how do you, especially you, if you sort of have a power differential, whether it's toward your children, you know, whatever it is, you know, how can you justify putting somebody in the corner if they're being meaningful? And that's not hard to know. We all know, we should all know, again, I'll use myself as an example, you know, you, you really truly want to improve in this way. The next day, you know, wretched man I am, I, I, don't, I do what I don't want to do. This is Paul not saying he's a depraved human being, by the way. He, that's just showing repentance. He's showing what repentance looks like, right? And then, you know, Lord, I can't, you know, I really truly don't want to be this way. Please be patient. Believe me. Please be patient with me. Okay. And he says, yes. You know, in other words, thank you for your heart. I know you're working on this, right? I go to my children. I just told you, yeah, we just talked about this yesterday, guys. You know, don't do that. And they, I know, Dad, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, right? It's okay, because what am I forgiving? I see that um, that heart, you know, that's like that means that they're not blowing me off. Like I'm sorry, you're right. I'm sorry, I'm working on it. Please be patient with me, okay? But if you're going to come at somebody like in this parable, and you're going to justify in your own self that I can come at somebody with this kind of like put them in the corner or gaslight them, you know, put them in on this interrogation stand. Play these games, put the person in the corner, whether you're doing it with intimidation, you're gaslighting them, you know, like, that, that's not Jesus. It, it, you know, I'm giving a lot of info, and I'm, you know, hopefully, Ellie, you're here with me, or, you know, Jeff, this makes sense, this doesn't make sense, so I can know, you know, the listener can, is this, am I getting my point across? Because, again, this is very, very, in my opinion, you know, I feel like we don't stand with the right person a lot of times. Instead of standing with the person that's in the corner and saying, well, this person is really gaslighting you. They've really got you in the corner. They're really um, intimidating you or whatever. Instead of standing with that person, we put it back on the person who's in the corner and say, well, you need to be forgiving. Well, I think my only thought is a lot of times the reason that people put it on the person that is in the corner is because they have a higher expectation of that person because they they know what they're capable of. So Mm -hmm. they're like, well, how can you blame, you know, that husband or that person for treating you that way? Because that's who they are. And they're, they're just not as mature as you. So it's your responsibility as the more mature believer, even though you're the one that's being hurt, you need to be the bigger person and forgive them. And thank you. That's perfectly put. I call that gaslighting. I call that gaslighting. You are doing to that person, whether you know it or not, with that speech to the person in the corner, the exact same thing the husband's probably doing. Well, I'm just not like you. I don't, you know, I'm not as mature as you. You know, you need to forgive me. You know, I know I have these outbursts. I know I do these things. I know I lose it. But, you know, you need to forgive me. You're more mature than me. And now you're echoing that sentiment against the wrong person. Jesus is not confronting that person. He is confronting the person in this parable who is doing the gaslighting, who is doing the unforgiveness, who's 
coming at the other in a way that Jesus doesn't come at them. Is this becoming more clear? Um, so in the last verse, it says, So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So is he talking to the one that owes the debt? Or is he saying, talking to the, the higher up person that is... Um, yes, he's... Yes, yeah. you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. He is talking to the higher up person mm-hmm. because that person was in the lower position with him. Mm-hmm. See, Jesus is the highest up position, right? Mm-hmm. I have forgiven you. What right do you have to turn around in your higher up position and be unforgiving? Now, when I'm saying unforgiving, I mean your presence. You know, the the person says, have mercy on me. And the person's just basically, no. His whole presence from the get-go is exacting. Jesus's presence from the beginning is forgiveness, giving the person and the person here in the parable saying, please have mercy on me. You know, I'm sorry. You know, you're right. I do owe you, you know, please, you know, let me, give me time to change. No, this person's like, no. Or in another case, the person might be like, you know, I don't, can we talk about this? I mean, you're coming at me like this is a fact that I'm, I owe you something or I've done something wrong. I don't see it that way. You know, this is your opinion that I owe you this or I owe you that husband, you know, because the husband could have like unrealistic, I'm just saying husband, because a lot of times this is what we see, right? The husband has these unrealistic demands. Although I will say I've seen a trend lately where it's the wife is more kind of the one putting the husband in the corner. And he's this kind of like cut off guy. And she's like just hounding him. And I need you to be like Jesus. And I need you to be like this. And she's basically just projecting her psychology, honestly, onto him. He's sitting there confused, dazed and confused. You know, she's defining reality. So it really does go both ways. But where Jesus is saying is you who are doing that, you're in the wrong to come at the other person in that way. Now, If you approach somebody and say, hey, look, we need to talk. I'm very angry about something. I'm very upset. I see this pattern with you. We've talked about it before. And they're like, well, I don't don't know what you're talking about. That's a different picture. That's a different picture because they're not, they're blowing you off. So if you're the person that's coming, you know, you don't put them in the corner. I can't believe you did this again. Da, 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 da. You say, hey, look, you know, we talked about this. You know, you said you were going to change this. You said this. You said that. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm not being unforgiving. Yeah, I'm angry. And then now, well, you know, you know, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean this. I didn't mean that. Okay. Well, okay. Now the person who is being confronted is not taking responsibility. That's a different picture. Now that doesn't give me a right to be unforgiving and start, you know, putting him in the corner, but it, it does mean, okay, well, like, <laughs> then there's obviously nothing to forgive here because you're basically saying, you're telling me, you know, there's nothing here. So I guess I'll have to say, you know, I accept your answer. So from the, so from a person's perspective, looking on the, from the outside in, in that situation, would they still tell the, let's say it's the wife who's mm-hmm. confronting the husband, like, you know, you're doing your you know you're hurting me in this way and he's denying it or making excuses so an outside person they would still tend to tell the wife you still need to like 
you're still responsible for what you do and you still need to forgive him because he's like unaware of what he's doing. And you're saying that that's wrong. That's wrong. Mm -hmm. So if the guy, the husband in that case is the one who's more doing the offense, she's assertively confronting him as she should, or else she's in danger of enabling him. She's not being unforgiving. She might be firm. She might be angry. And then he's saying, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Is that a forgiving heart? Is he asking for forgiveness? No. No. So let's play this parable out, okay, to make this very clear. So in this parable, the guy goes up, you owe me some money. He doesn't come up rudely. The guy who first, you know, got forgiven by the master, right? And then he goes to this person and says, hey, you know, you owe me money. And the guy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't owe you anything. That's a completely different picture. That's not what this person's saying. He's saying, you know, please forgive me. You're right. Please have mercy on me. Like he's owning it meaningfully. Let's say the parable's different. And that person's like, I have no freaking idea what you're talking about. Well, what is there dynamically for the guy to forgive? And then, yeah, you're right. We, we like lose a common sense somehow. I don't even know. I, honestly, Ellie, I, I don't, don't know even what we're reading when, sometimes when we talk about these concepts. I have no idea what we're even talking about. And then we're so, okay, the person's like, well, no, I mean, I don't see it that way. I didn't do that. I didn't do this. Okay. Well, is the person repenting? Are they asking for forgiveness? So dynamically, what is there for the person to forgive? So to your point, somebody from the outside's like watching this person be like, no, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know you anything. I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. Okay. Well then what, then somebody from the outside's like, well, you need to forgive them anyway. Well, what does that even mean? What do you mean? I need to forgive him anyway. Like he's not repenting. And what, is, what would that mean that I'm like being unforgiving? No, if he's like, well, I didn't, you know, no, 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 I don't know what you're talking about and all that kind of version of gaslighting, right? And like, does that justify you going, well, fine, now I can justify putting my hand on your neck or throwing plates at you? No, no, we're not saying that, but what is the person supposed to do? Like, okay, like you're denying it. You're like, what, what reconciliation is going to happen? How, how is anything going to be repaired? This is part of what I'm talking about. Like, it's like, have we lost all touch with reality? This is never what Jesus meant. Jesus never meant that we take concepts like, uh, in your anger, do not sin or be forgiving to your neighbor and just turn it into the most convoluted, weird stuff imaginable so that basically we don't ever have to like confront one another. We don't ever have to deal with anything. And then we just become weird. Honestly, I think sometimes the world looks at us and it's just like, man, why would I want to be a Christian? You guys are just weird, mm. like psychologically, interrelationally weird. And I'd be like, yeah, this is weird how we're, we're turning these things into these weird religious uh, and it's just my commentary. So if say that I've confronted someone, not in an unforgiving way, but, you know, I've brought it to their, their attention that what they're doing is hurtful and um, it's not right, obviously not right. And then that person denies it and is blind to whatever I'm saying and um, shows no sense of apology or guilt. And then someone from the outside perspective is like, well, 
you know, you're obviously still responsible for how you react and what you do. But I have accepted, say that I have accepted their position. I've accepted um, that the way that they're treating me is not going to change. And um, yet the person still from the outside would be like, they would almost like put a blame Mm -hmm. on me because Mm -hmm. it's like, well, you shouldn't accept that. Like you should still be driving yourself into the ground to try Mm -hmm. to have this reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Like everyone wants to see this perfect reconciliation Mm -hmm. um, when like that takes two willing people for that to happen. And if they don't see that, they think that, you know, it's my responsibility, let's say. Yep. Because I'm like the more mature person or the more knowledgeable person in this situation. That's right. And so I should have that responsibility on me. That's right. And, you know, again, these weird confusions, there's, you know, you can't, um, they'll put it on you. You know, you can't give up. You got to forgive. You can't give up. Okay. Give up or accept. At a certain point, acceptance looks like wiping the dust off my feet. Jesus did that. I accept your rejection person. I accept that you are unwilling to be taught. The rich young ruler decided, the rich young ruler, hear this people, rejected Jesus. Jesus did not reject the rich young ruler. Jesus knew what the guy was tied to. The guy would not um, give up what he needed. In other words, he wouldn't repent. He wouldn't take responsibility, if you want to use this as an image. He said no to Jesus. What is Jesus supposed to do? Oh, come on, you know, let's talk about this more. You know, no, Jesus accepts that guy's rejection. If the person is not going to take accountability, they're not going to say, yeah, I see where you're coming from, or let's talk this through. That doesn't mean I'm, you know, like we're human. So there's sometimes, you know, there's perceptions and different things that need to be worked through. But I, you could at least say to somebody, I could see why you're upset. You know, I understand that. Can we talk about it? Not gaslighting, but like, you know, really, let's talk about this, you know. Um, but if you're just going to be like, no, you know, this isn't open for discussion. Well, acceptance looks like wiping the dust off your feet and moving on. So what, like, what would we say there? This is honestly what we'd say, man, Jesus, that wasn't very forgiving. You know, wow, Jesus, you know, um, you know, you're not being really fair. You're, you're just going to give up on this poor guy. That's what we do. We put it on Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what we do. And why? I love what you're saying. It's so true. You know why we would do that? Because Jesus is the more mature one. Well, Jesus, you're the more mature one. They don't know any better. I call that gaslighting. No, Jesus wipes that. That's called acceptance on a practical level. Somebody could say, well, if a wife gets that way in her marriage, right? And she gets to where she's like, okay, this guy is, he won't take responsibility for anything. He always kind of grabs me by the neck when he doesn't like something I'm doing. He has no problem putting me in the corner. But if I ever confront him about anything, he's got all these excuses and plays dumb and all this kind of stuff. What do I do? You know what I tell people? You know what I tell wives? Go to the well. Woman at the well, these guys, you're on your sixth guy. I'm being kind of silly, you know. Like, when are you going to go to Jesus? Go to your true husband 
Go to Jesus who won't play those games with you. Go to the true husband that won't put you in the corner. You know, if you even have some hard feelings with Jesus, he'll listen to you. He won't play games with you. Stop this. Go to the well, just as Jesus told the woman at the well. You're on your sixth husband, so to speak. When are you going to drink of my forgiveness? When are you going to drink of me? I'm the true husband. I'm the head. Okay? Now, um, I'm going to say that if the obvious picture is this guy has no problem putting you in the corner. There's pattern and pattern of this. There's He won't take responsibility when you confront him, even in a gracious way. Wipe the dust off your feet inside. Am I saying divorce him? No, that's not for me to say, you know, or any, for anybody to say. No, I'm not saying divorce him. You know, the person is going to have to make their own decisions in the Lord on that. But inside yourself, go to the husband that will forgive. Go to the husband that you can talk to if you're hurt by you know, even if it's not rational, go to the one who will always be there for you, who will never gaslight you, who will always listen, accept that you're just being neurotic and obsessive to try to beat a dead horse. Maybe, you know, seek me first in my righteousness and all things will be added to you. Maybe by going first wife to your husband and abiding in him, and making him your first love, maybe that gets your husband's attention. And who knows, maybe they'll become more forgiving and maybe they won't put you in the corner so much. And maybe they will be um, more willing to repent when you have something against them. Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast to be insightful, please subscribe to our show and share with someone who would enjoy listening. And we look forward to meeting here with you again soon.